Hi, Tom. Hi, come on in. Hi. Thanks for coming today. How was school? Good. Do you want to hop on the big chair? Eight-year-old Tom is getting ready for an elongated visit to the murder house. We've got three fillings to do today, two up the top on the right-hand side and one on the bottom. But three fillings is only half the job. He had another three fillings done a few weeks ago and during this visit two more holes were found. So he's in for more of this. The dentist has some advice for Tom and his dad Michael to help avoid more lengthy and painful visits. Although you could argue it's a bit late when he already has at least eight fillings. When you're brushing your teeth, sometimes it's a good idea to count to 120 in your head because that's two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. Because and you need to look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth too because that can be helpful. Okay. All right. When you come back next time, we'll see how clean they're looking. Thanks to the New Zealand Dental Health System, Tom's visit to the mobile dental clinic was free. In the private sector, it would have cost upwards of a few hundred dollars. Primary school children are cared for under the Ministry of Health. On paper, they are entitled to regular free visits to their local dental clinic, most of which are presently situated in primary schools and funded by the local district health board. But the current system isn't working. Dr Robin Wyman, the Ministry of Health's Chief Oral Health Advisor. They were getting better and I think we all felt that a lot of the things we had done were working very well. However, from around about the mid-1990s, the decay levels have started to rise again. Bernadette Drummond is someone who sees the problems firsthand as a paediatric dentist in Dunedin. Most of the work she undertakes is done under general anaesthetic. We see the children who've been through all sorts of other care, the school dental service, the family dentist... So by the time they see us, it's pretty severe. And on average, um, for the children we treat each week under general anaesthesia, we would do 8 to 10 fillings and maybe a couple of extractions. And this, these are children on average age of 4. So it's pretty severe. She says at present, the biggest hurdle is getting to see a child fast enough. We can't provide care in under six months in Otago at the moment. Around the country, some children are waiting up to 12 months for that general anaesthesia care. The sheer numbers that the system has been flooded with make it difficult. The National Party's Associate Health Spokeswoman is Jo Goodhue. She's often the go-to person for taxpayers unhappy with the way their children are being treated. I hear stories about the children that are not performing well at school because they are really sick. They have a tremendous number of teeth that need to be extracted under a general anaesthetic and they're having to wait for that surgery to happen. I hear stories that just simply tell me that the facilities aren't there for kids and that it's getting worse. I hear stories about practices, about dental practices in rural and provincial New Zealand that are simply closing their door. As the clinical director of the School and Community Dental Service with the Canterbury District Health Board, Martin Lee also has a good idea of how the service can fall short. But he says parents must share some of the blame. The, the state some children's teeth get to is just appalling and it's hard to believe that the adults who are looking after these children had not noticed um, before the kid ended up with a big swollen face. And I think you know people need to wake up. <laughs> A group of eight-year-olds I spoke to at a Wellington primary school had varying experiences at the dentist, with some already having had some significant work carried out. Once I went to the dentist, I got two crowns and one filling. They made me fall asleep first, so I didn't really feel anything. Last time they pulled my um, food out, 
Like, pulled your tooth out? Yeah. Why was that? Um, because it, like, it had dirty stuff on it. Well, I can't really remember the first, like, last time I went to the um, dentist. Well, I think it was when I was five or six. They said that my teeth were really good and I just need to get my um, teeth done a wee bit more. They were pulling my teeth out because um, um, I had a wiggly teeth and I had two wiggly teeth and, and one was between them and they just and it was just like hurting a lot so I went to the dentist. At least these children were having their problems treated. Not all children are like these, taking the opportunity to visit the dentist. Despite the free access, Ministry of Health data suggests more than 40% of preschool children aren't enrolled in the school dental health system. David Crum, the Executive Director of the New Zealand Dental Association, says that oral health hasn't been given enough priority. When I see figures such as 1,300 children waiting on district health board lists for treatment, under general anaesthetic for their dental treatment. That indicates to me, one, that there are a large group of children who have really high needs that aren't being addressed, and that we have a system that is failing those children. Uh, when I see statistics that show 5,000 children a year are treated under general anaesthetic for their dental care, I think it's a fairly appalling state. When you see the large discrepancies and inequalities that exist between the children of this country and their dental health, particularly poor for Maori children and Pacific Islanders, and those from low socio-economic families, I think we have a situation that really needs addressing. Martin Lee from the School and Community Dental Service at Canterbury District Health Board says there has been some significant underfunding. 1923 school dental service started, 1948 more money came in to extend the care to adolescents. Um, it's now nearly 50 years and beyond ACC funded dental care there's been no extra money put into the pot. In the past year all that has changed with the government's announcement of $100 million for capital expenditure. Dr Robin Wyman, the Ministry of Health's Chief Oral Health Advisor. So that is money available to build new clinics and to extend the equipment and that's being made available over three to five years and will be used um, as District Health Boards submit plans to the Ministry about how they need to improve the, the infrastructure to deliver their services, the clinics and the equipment and the, and the mobile units, those sorts of things. In addition to that, there is $10.2 million per annum being announced in Budget 2006 over four years, so it's 40.8 million over four years, to um, extend the, the funds available to operate the dental services. Dr Lee says the extra funding has come at an important time. It's going to make an enormous difference. It, um, if, if, if this hadn't come along, I'm fairly sure that the school dental service would have collapsed um, within, within a decade. The seriousness of the problem was acknowledged in the Ministry of Health's report Good Oral Health for All for Life published a year ago. Several decades of dramatic improvements in the oral health of young people have begun to reverse. Inequalities in oral health and in access to oral health services have become increasingly evident. This reverse is described by the Health Minister Pete Hodson as unacceptable. The long and short of it is that our kids' oral health has stopped improving and actually, depending on how you measure it, has begun to decline. It's really unacceptable and that's got its origins in the fact that um, in the 90s 
um, almost unbelievably, we stopped training an entire profession. Mr Hodson says it was when the country stopped training dental nurses, or dental therapists as they're now known, that the country's oral health started to go backwards. The minister says two dental schools opened in Dunedin and Auckland by his predecessor, Annette King, are going some way to fix the workforce problem. He says now the focus needs to go on the workplace. Some of the facilities are simply old and clapped out, but there's something else running as well, which is that they're small. So we've amalgamated a number of dental um, clinics in, in these several schools and we'll have one of them down in the village or something of that sort. And then in addition to that, we want to have a range of mobile dental clinics available so that we can take the therapist to the school and not have to shift the school children too far. The emphasis is now on trying to make oral health a part of the primary health care system. This means making the system more visible and accessible so that more children get to see a dentist and receive preventative treatment. Bernadette Drummond, who's a specialist in paediatric dentistry, believes taking dental care away from schools and into the community is a positive move. It has been a difficult issue having free care that people have just expected to be there. Parents, I think, have to be involved. And, and for example, a parent would certainly not send their child off to hospital to have an operative procedure on their own. They wouldn't let their child go off to the family doctor on their own to have immunisations. And yet we have expected very young children to front up to a school clinic by themselves with no family support to have quite complicated dentistry, including injections. And I really do believe that the proposed changes to make this a community system are quite important. Parents then begin to appreciate the service. The president of the New Zealand School and Community Dental Services Forum, Dr Sathananan Kanagaratnam, is looking forward to working with other health providers to offer more seamless care. We were in isolation for a long, long time. Now it's time to make linkages with public health, public primary health care organisations, Māori or Pacific providers, private dentists, and also with the well-child providers. That's becoming more and more important. Now we as a school dental service realise we can work on our own and we can't meet all the needs of the public if we stand alone. We have to hold hands with the other disciplines of health in order to cater the needs of the public. For example, if health services are provided as more of a package, promotion of healthy eating not only helps prevent childhood obesity, but cavities caused by sugary foods. The idea is for DHBs to also work more collaboratively with GPs, for example, and Māori and Pacific Island health providers. The president of the New Zealand Dental Therapists Association, Karen Boyce-Bacon, believes the extra funding could also be a solution to the workforce shortage by making dental therapy a more attractive option. Our service has been sort of in a decline for a few years now with the staffing levels, you know, therapists are getting old and there haven't been a lot coming through. So we've, you know, been trying to push for more therapists, better money to encourage people to come on as dental therapists to train and to retain staff. People who train now at Otago and AUT are, are training in very nice clinics with state-of-the-art equipment 
And if they go out into schools and find that the equipment's really lacking, it might not be good enough to retain them. But she says dental therapists are still a little wary of the changes. Things will change for dental therapists because they won't just be at their clinic at the school that they're used to necessarily. They might be on a school site, they might be on a town site, they might be on a hospital site. And Karen Boyce-Bacon says the jury's still out on whether the money will be enough. It's a lot of money, but as always, it's got to go a long way. Whether it's enough money, I don't know. But paediatric dentist Bernadette Drummond says the move to put more focus on preventative care is overdue. Currently, most very young children are not seen within the school dental service um, until they're three or four, and in some areas, because of staffing issues, it can even be when they go to school. Now, if you have been developing problems, by the time you're seen at four or five, the problems are so severe that we're then looking at having to provide care under general anaesthesia because the work is so difficult, it's very um, hard for these young children to cope. And so the proposal to move to a community dental service where children are seen by health providers by one year and by oral health providers by two years is, is really, I believe, the way to go. As a whole, Martin Lee from Canterbury DHB believes the impact of the changes will be phenomenal. It's going to be colossal. It's going to reinvent the school dental service, which is, what are we looking at, a bit over 70, 80 years old, and in a lot of ways hasn't changed over those 80 years in the way it's been stuck in schools. Um, we've been heavily based around provision of dental treatment, so turning decayed teeth into um, filled teeth, if you like, and as part of this project we're looking to take things back a little bit further and try and stop the teeth getting decayed in the first place and that's I think one of the most important aspects of the project. The changes are also intended to improve the teeth of teenagers and adults. The oral health of teenagers is a major issue and has jumped to number two in the government's top ten health targets. Under the current system, teenagers access dentists at private clinics with their care subsidised by the government, but less than half are registered in the system. Teenage reluctance to see the dentist isn't helped by a shortage of professionals willing to take them on. Many dentists are opting out of providing the service, saying it's not worth their while. The Dental Association's Executive Director David Crum offers two reasons for this. The first is that the government pays around 50% of the normal fee. When your costs of running a practice are running at 70%, every one of those children you see costs you money. The second is that the contracts for this care are fairly weighty documents, some 30, 40 pages of contract, another 20, 30 pages of guidelines. So a lot of dentists um, just prefer to not be involved in that sort of bureaucracy and over-management. Areas like the west coast of the South Island and Wellington's Carpety Coast are especially badly hit. And this isn't only for teenagers, but for children who require care that can't be offered by dental therapists. What happened with these first front teeth was it hung on too long, and now you see it's become twisted because the, the tooth came up. Niven Clement from Carpety has fought an ongoing battle with his local DHB, because to get his nine-year-old son Robert to a government-subsidised dentist means a drive of over an hour. We're going to be into major braces and costs because his mouth hasn't been looked at. And it's not fair on a kid. You know, people make fun of the way he um, speaks. If he could have gone to a dentist, then not only would I have saved some money, but he'd be a, a, probably a happier boy. Robert's baby teeth won't come out of their own accord, so have to be pulled. 
In his area, Paraparaumu, there are no dentists who will see him. His dad says there's no sign yet of any of the extra money benefiting his family. They'd had a big thing on the news about, you know, they were going to spend all this money on dental and the state of children's mouths was, you know, a crime against humanity. And yet, here we are, we can't even get a dentist. You know, so where's the money going? If they're spending the money, where is it going? And I'm sort of wondering, you know, why, why is the dental system in a worse state than when it was when I was at school? And it just seems that the money's been cut and cut and cut. And I don't know where it's going. So all I can think is someone in an office is being paid more money to shuffle paper. It's not being paid to the dentists, it's not being paid to the dental nurses, and it's certainly not being spent on the dental clinics. But Dr Sathananan Kanagaratnam says the new community oral health service should mean that teenagers get better access to dental care because they can be seen by the oral health centres rather than private clinics. Particularly in areas where there is no contracting dentist providing these services to the adolescents or only a few uh, contracting dentists are providing these services. That is where we are targeting. And as a result, we expect the utilisation and enrolment of adolescents using the service will increase. Dr Kanagaratnam says the community dental service will also provide a multidisciplinary team. There will be hub clinics that have specialists visiting to provide more specific care. But in many cases it's more complex than parents simply being physically unable to get to the dentist in the first place. The Ministry of Health's Robin Wyman says cultural differences also need to be taken into account and he hopes the new system will do this. There's also needs to be appreciated that not all families have a relationship with a, uh, with a family dentist and so district health boards are looking at other ways that um, services could be offered to adolescents to both pick up where there are difficulties getting access to a private dentist and where uh, another system of care, for example Māori oral health providers, may well offer a service that um, different population groups actually uh, have a greater affinity with and be more comfortable attending. Paediatric dentist Bernadette Drummond says it's important teenagers go to the dentist despite their reluctance. As in all aspects of their life, adolescents think they're bulletproof and if their mouth doesn't hurt, why do they need care? So we really do have to um, focus these young people on, on getting care. With the emphasis of the new changes on children and teenagers, what about adults and their teeth? Martin Lee, the clinical director of the School and Community Dental Service at Canterbury DHB. It's been really important to fix the child and adolescent dental service because there's no use spending a whole lot of money on a service that's not working very well and is going to collapse anyway. And the, the next, the big challenge is to build on that and to create a service that will be able to look after adult New Zealanders. Um, and it's not going to be easy and it is going to take a very significant infusion of resources. The cynic in me says that will never happen. If we can't afford to do hip replacement operations, and why can we afford to do preventative dentistry for older people? Um, I think it will happen. Um, it's a pity it's radio. I can't show you the photos of the older people that we've got um, that would just make make you cry. I mean, it, it's it's scandalous. I mean, it's the usual story. You know, we're not allowed to treat our animals like this. Why should we treat our own fellow human beings and our elderly like this? Research shows at least than half of 26-year-olds visit a dentist regularly. But although a new oral health survey has been commissioned, Robin Wyman from the Ministry of Health says at present there's a lack of data about what's happening with older adults. We're underway at the moment with planning for a national adult oral health survey and by 2009 we would hope to have the first results giving us an indication for the first time in about 20 years uh, what adult New Zealanders oral health actually looks like.
The Ministry of Health's Strategic Vision for Dental Health states, We have strong reason to suspect that inequalities in oral health status are also evident in adulthood. The Ministry says those inequalities are associated with ethnicity, region and water fluoridation. While just geographically alone, access to dentists varies widely. In the Waikato, there are three full-time equivalent dentists per 100,000 people. This compares to Auckland City, which enjoys close to 90. There are some areas like South Wairarapa, Rangitike and the Chatham Islands that don't have access to local dental services at all. The problem is also about to get worse. Over 20,000 teeth to choose from. Broke my denture, broke my denture, woe is me, what shall I do? Take it in to Mr Geddes and he'll fix it just like new. If you remember this advertisement, which started airing in the 1940s, you're likely to be part of the generation dentists are bracing themselves for. That's because the baby boomers will be one of the first generations to have largely kept their own teeth, instead of having dentures made. So as they approach old age, dentists are anticipating serious problems with crumbling teeth, as Martin Lee explains. In 1976 there was a survey done, roughly two-thirds of adult New Zealanders had no teeth. Things have changed now and we've seen there is a very large amount of unmet dental need in older people. They've got great big cavities in their teeth and no one's doing anything about it. The executive director of the Dental Association, David Crum, says a lack of emphasis on funding for adults leaves them high and dry. We have a situation where we have children's dental health and care funded, but it stops at the age of, of 18, by and large, and therefore adults are left to fund their own oral health care. That's coupled with um, probably some very high inequalities as a result, and there are a number of statistics that support that. Changing the system and providing adults with free dental treatment would be an almost impossible task for the health system, according to public health dentist Martin Lee. There's been some estimates done that to provide dental care to adult New Zealanders who on a means-tested basis could cost three to four hundred million dollars a year, which is three, four percent of our existing health budget, um, which is, um, it's not small change. He believes the way New Zealand's dental health is funded is inequitable. You're looking at dental care, um, roughly 80% of it's funded out of people's back pockets. Um, if you look at health care overall, um, only 20% is funded out of people's pockets. Um, and there's no rational reason why this should be. Um, people suffer long and hard through dental problems and uh, I think the state's got a responsibility to stump up and um, make sure that people are able to get care when they need it. Martin Lee, along with paediatric dentist Bernadette Drummond and many of their colleagues, believe targeting the money that is available would be a fairer system. Because all of the money goes into young people, the dental budget or the oral health budget for New Zealand then doesn't have money for adults with problems and and certainly the frail elderly. So even though I'm a paediatric dentist, I think that I would believe we need to share the money around and if we have to in the future target it to those most in need, I think that's how the dollars may need to be spent. The Ministry of Health says it's planning to look into whether there's any scope for offering free care to low-income adults. But with the current system so overcrowded, 
I asked community dental specialist Sadhananan Kanagaratnam if subsidising low-income adults would open the floodgates. Because the dentist will be also joining the community oral health service and this dentist also would like to provide some sort of treatment not only to their children and adolescents, also to the adults. That could possibly be done by this group of multidisciplinary team. As long as we are sure of our definition of who is the low-income people uh, person and also what is basic dental care, I think we should be able to meet the demands of the public to a certain level. Dr. Kanagaratnam believes the $100 million is not going to be enough to do this. And while Health Minister Pete Hodson accepts more money may be needed to complete the current plans, going as far as including adults isn't in the pipeline, despite the hopes of some public health dentists. Good on them for dreaming, but you know our health system will always do what it can do within budget and it will always prioritise and the priority right now is that our children and our adolescents have decreasing oral health which does not set them up well for adulthood and we need to address it and so that's where the priority goes. In the meantime, Dr Kanagaratnam hopes the new service will cater to some adults. Once we have improved the oral health to a certain level of the preschoolers and school kids and adolescents, we will be able to move move to cover the lower income adults as well. In the long term, it's hoped that adult problems will subside as children with better teeth grow up with better access to dental care and better habits. Turning around New Zealand's declining state of oral health. Regular visits to a dental surgeon for inspection and treatment are necessary. Making public health messages such as this one from 50 years ago finally lose their relevance. Of course regular dental care is not complete without due attention being paid to the brushing of the teeth at home immediately after a meal. The teeth play an important part in our appearance and in our personal health. They are worth caring for, so it's up to you.